take three deep breaths right now, breathing in and breathing out, wherever you are. Notice how you feel in your body and your mind and come into the present moment. Hello and welcome to And Breathe. My name is Rebecca Dennis and I am a breath coach and this podcast is here to help you understand the power of your breath. Each episode, you'll hear experts and inspirational people from all walks of life share their stories and experiences that have changed their lives for the better. And throughout the podcast, we'll be sharing tips on how our breath can help us through challenging times and how it's much more than just an inhale and an exhale. I'm excited to share with you that accompanying each episode will be an exclusive breathing exercise. You can come back and listen to these at any time you feel the need. They are free, easy to use, relaxing exercises, and the more you practice, the more you'll feel the benefits. I've specially designed these to help you navigate through life by reducing stress and anxiety, getting better sleep, feeling more clarity, focus, gain self-confidence, and bring you more energy. You can find these breathing exercises wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just search for And Breathe. So today we have a really special guest. She's a dear friend of mine and she'll be sharing with us her story of how the breath literally saved her life. Three years ago, renowned scientist and yoga teacher Michelle Barocci lost her leg in a motorcycle accident and her story is truly inspirational. We'll be discussing the master lessons of her experience on courage, gratitude and forgiveness. And in this podcast, Michelle reminds us to remember the simple things in life and to appreciate what we do have rather than what we don't have. And she'll also be sharing how often our darkest experiences can bring in the most light and be our biggest teachers. We'll also be sharing with you today, which I'm really excited about because she's a real expert um, in this field, some of the science on how the breath is interconnected with all the systems in our body. So before we begin, tune in with your breath again. Deep breath in. Let it go with a big sigh. Michelle, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you for having me. And it's a great pleasure to be in London today Yay. and this weekend. Yeah, no, it's really exciting. So we've got um, our first weekend together as well, haven't we? We're putting together our journey to being weekend. So I'm really looking forward to doing that with you as well. So just for the listeners, we're, um, we're collaborating, combining breathwork and yoga and sound this weekend, which is going to be really powerful. So yeah, Michelle's come over from Italy. And um, and we're running that this weekend. So I just had to get you in as well to talk to you about your story because your story is so inspiring. And um, and I really wanted to share this on the And Breathe podcast. So where do we begin? I guess we just sort of begin not at the start, but maybe in your your life before you met the breath. Obviously, we are all born breathing in this world but how you when you really started to connect to the breath and your background um as being a scientist thank you so yeah the first time I actually met the breath on a conscious level not as being born <laughs> was uh in yoga in San Francisco 
I was getting my PhD at the University of California in Berkeley in molecular immunology and infectious disease research. And uh, I was quite anxious and stressed out because it's a very high level uh, doctoral program. It's a publish or perish kind of environment in academics. And um, well, you were having to present as well, weren't you, to hundreds of people and present research as well? Yeah, right? presenting yeah. and research, uh, writing research papers, having peer review uh, committees look at you and uh, judge you for your achievements and your your intelligence. So one day I went for a walk. I didn't go to the lab. I decided I would go for a walk instead. And I lived in San Francisco near Haight-Ashbury. And I walked by this uh, window and it said garden sauna. And I said, oh, wow, garden sauna. That sounds great for me right now. And actually that brought me into uh, the yoga because they were teaching yoga classes there. And and the guy, I remember, he had these big dreadlocks and uh, said, if you take a class, you get the sauna for free. And I said, oh, great. So I went and I fell in love with uh, Ashtanga Vinyasa Yoga and actually um, ended up doing a training with Larry Schultz at It's Yoga in San Francisco on Folsom Street in 2003 in June when I was um, giving my dissertation at Berkeley. So Right, I was, so you actually managed to do the training and your dissertation. Yeah, I finished my dissertation the same month because it was the only month I could do it because I was moving to Italy, right. where I was born in Florence from an Italian father and American mother. And then I just decided, because um, I fell in love with this, this boy, and um, that after my PhD, I would find a job, which I did in a, in a very important biotech company that was in Siena. And anyway... This this yoga kind of helped me um, in that anxiety period of like publishing and speaking and relaxing and and then eventually I didn't know it but it would save my life. Yeah, I mean, at the time, how did it, how was it helping you? At the time, it just allowed me to um, move my body. Yeah, I was under a lot of stress and a lot of pressure, more self-inflicted than anything else. Uh, because when you're in a doctoral program for almost eight years, I did a master's in public health as well, you're really um, intellectually um, trying to achieve really high results. Yeah. And that can bring about a lot of distress, especially if there's uh, judgment. And in these scientific committees, you are being judged on your intelligence and the way you speak and the way you write and your research and your hypothesis. It's all hypothesis driven. And so you're putting yourself out there. And it's a lot. I guess without like even really knowing that you're in this flight or fight state all the time and actually all the people around you are in a flight or, fl flight or fight state as well so everyone's really sort of wired to the sympathetic nervous system is switched or stimulated constantly and yeah so being in an environment around like that and having those expectations is obviously going to affect the way that you breathe Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It affected the way I was breathing. It affected what I thought about myself. Yes. I never thought I was good enough, so mm. I was achieving more and more and more and more. And, you know, I, at, at the end of my career, I actually published 47 papers and scientific peer-reviewed big journals, even uh, Nature Medicine and Science. These are 
big, big journals. And it still wasn't enough. It still wasn't like you <laughs> and, still had you know, given I'm yourself your, your parental exter- in, internal approval. Yeah. So so the yoga really helped me move. It helped me release um, physical stress, uh, emotional stress. But I didn't know the power of the breath until later on. And um, I actually moved to Florence in 2004 and started to teach Ashtanga Vinyasa Yoga and set up two studios over the next 16 years and still have uh, them and they're currently active. Yeah, because I've been to It's Yoga Friends and it's a beautiful. We had stu- two studios, didn't you? And now you have your one studio and it's just, it's just such a lovely community as well that you've created there. Um, so... Yeah, the breath, it saved your life, really, didn't it? I mean, I, that's, it's not, that's not an exaggeration, is it? So when you met, let's say that you met the breath for the second time. Yeah, so the breath for the second time when it saved my life was actually um, the 11th of August, 2015. I was uh, riding on the backside of a Vespa. This is a kind of a vintage motor scooter, Italian style. And um, the man driving the Vespa ran into a car. And in that moment, my leg was amputated into a million pieces, hanging on from part of its lower limb to the, the, the thigh bone. And I flew about three meters onto the floor. And I just remember this incredibly bright blue color because the car that hit me and hit the Vespa. Um, Did you, it, was, it was your boyfriend at the time that you were on the yeah, back of the it was his, my, his bike? It was my boyfriend or the man I had been seeing um, at that time. So they collided and I, I flew. And um, the pain was so intense that it's not even available the language to express that but what I heard when I looked up at the sky and realized that I was in danger of losing my life was this voice and it said breathe and so I started to breathe but I started to breathe a a breathing technique that I was taught by yoga and it's called ujjayi breathing it's a victorious breath it gives you power it gives you focus it gives you strength it gives you grounding and so i was able to actually tourniquet my left leg above my knee because i had about 5 minutes to live i'd lost 5 and a half liters of blood right, okay um, which, is, I had which very, is a lot of blood yeah because to lose. that's how they did a 6 liter transfusion on right. me and um, I was able to cut off the, the, the blood that was leaving my uh, artery but below my knee and, and just sit still. So presumably, actually, that's when flight or fight actually really did come in to, into use with you, right? But then also you were using the ujjayi breath, the yoga breath, ocean breath, to keep you focused and to keep you calm as as well. Yeah, the fight or flight, I would not be here. And the breath, I would not be here as well. The fight or flight basically um, creates a a mechanism, molecular mechanism in your body where you can lower pain levels um, with the cortisols and the 
adrenalines and the epinephrines and these really potent molecules, stimulating molecules. And you can also um, make sure that the blood is 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 going where it needs to go. So I I was in hypovolemic shock, meaning that I had no blood in my outer extremities. Mm-hmm. And um, what I feel the breath did is that it really allowed me to stay vigilant. I wasn't 100% present, but I wasn't uh, absent either. And I was able to maintain my focus and not faint. Because I think if I'd fainted immediately, I wouldn't have been able to put a tourniquet on my leg. I would have lost all my blood and I would not be here to because speak you to you. Because <laughs> you've been left at this time as well because they go, they've gone to get help, I, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, I had been left because the, there was no cell reception. We're in the middle of nowhere in the south of Italy. And uh, I was left for, you know, over 15 minutes and um, and finally around an hour later the ambulance came and then the helicopter came and landed in a field near where the ambulance was but they couldn't land next to me and then I was flown off to this uh, this hospital in a city called Potenza which means power Hmm. right okay (laughs) Fascinating. I just like the it's um when you tell this story and how the voice came, you know, when we're just when you when there's always other ex it feels like there's other external forces that were working with you at this time as well. Did you feel that? Yeah, definitely I was not alone. And I also was in a very dreamy state at the time. I was I remember everything. I lo- I was looking at the sky, there were clouds, there was wind. Uh, there was the color blue. I was I was in my breath, and uh, actually the surgeons. There were eight surgeons who amputated my leg. It was a team because it was a very traumatic amputation. They had to do miracles. I was in there for twelve hours, and then I woke up three days later, and um, they all came to my bedside, the whole team, and they said, "Wow." <laughs> First of all, this is like we've never seen anyone come in with this and live. And then they were all curious about the sound that I was making. I was making this sound like. The ocean. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, that's that's Ujjayi. (laughs) That's what saved me. So I'm, you know, so grateful to this breath. And now I'm like going down the path of breath thanks to you well yeah because you've um <laughs> well not just thanks to me but <laughs> but yeah you've been well we'll talk about like how you and me met but um yeah when you because obviously you know you'd found out that you lost a limb and that was it's a massive shock isn't it and um i mean i can't you know i can't imagine everything that you were going through. Um, but what was it like, kind of the the days, the months after that? Yeah, uh, that was a very difficult time. And difficult is not the appropriate word. It was a tragic, tragic time in my life. I was 
uh, I woke up. I was in a hospital. Uh, my pa parents were there. They were devastated. This man who I had been seeing was there, but then I realized um, the toxicity of the relationship I was in, and uh, that was another lesson for me. And um, I didn't know what to do. I, I was traveling around the world as a scientist. I had two yoga studios. I was, you know, living my life. Very independently. Independent, yeah. and here I am, and I can't move. I can't work. I can't uh, do what I used to do. And uh, it was devastating for me. Uh, the first year, uh, it... I don't even remember. It was I was on a lot of morphine. I was on a, a nerve-ending uh, drug called Lyrica, which helps with phantom limb pain. I was in a uh, still in a toxic relationship. I was emotionally deprived. I was trying to be strong for everyone in my life, and mm -hmm. it was just really um, difficult. The first summer. Uh, about a month and a half after I started walking with my leg, because at first I couldn't get a prosthetic fit for nine months. I had an infection in my leg. And so I had to um, start walking in, in end of April and May, and then all of a sudden, uh, the first summer in June 2016, the heat arrives in Florence. Right. And heat in Florence is like being in Saudi Arabia. I think it's like 38 degrees, but it's humid. And I had no idea what, what this meant. And this meant that my life was over because the way that my prosthetic leg works is that it needs a vacuum. It needs its technological system um, because I have very little residual limb and I need something to keep this leg on and it's called a it's called an autobach harmony system it takes the pressure pressure and air out of um, the socket so that a leg can stay on a tiny little piece yeah so when it's when the heat is there then it swells and it's sweaty and impossible <laughs> yeah when the heat wear. is there you uh, well, I, I mean I've been with you as well like yeah. you've had I don't know how many legs you've had now like prosthetic legs you've had quite a few haven't you like, I've had to a few to, it's a process to, yeah and it, so the heat was so so painful I the, I remember the first time I felt the heat I walked out and I was so excited because I had a leg and here I am and I get to like start work walking even with a crutch and because when your freedom is taken away, mm. that's unless until it has been taken away, you don't understand what you have. Yeah. So um, I took three steps and I said, you've got to be kidding me. Really? Is this really what my life is going to be like? It was terrible. It was I couldn't keep my leg on. I got wounds. It was bloody. I for the next week I was in pain. I had to keep my leg off because I couldn't every time I put it on it was you know not working and so that that summer that first summer with this uh, issue I wanted to leave the planet and yeah. take yeah. my life and not be here actually. But somehow Michelle you you know, when I'm, when I'm here with you now, and I'm so glad that you didn't do that, 
and I know that you are as well and you see life in a very different light but also with the breath and, and although you weren't able to move your body in the way that you could before all the tools that you had from yoga and and the breath work that you learned the pranayama um was really you know and and when I guess it was this there was a point where you kind of almost like surrendered to what was happening and there was this fight inside you as well um but the yoga and, and breath really you worked with it in a very different way didn't you I think I guess what I'm trying to get at is that you know when think people talk about yoga and um and they why we go and practice yoga and and often we lose the philosophy of yoga along the way and it's all you know people going to get a better you know beach body or you know to get fit and so on but actually the philosophy around that is really is it's for the mind and the body isn't it and in that way you found that very healing didn't you yeah thank thank god i had tools and even though i had tools I understand how difficult mm. it can be to yeah. process trauma like this. And I have a lot of tools and I still uh, have days where I'm, you know, <laughs> sad and I'm, I'm um, lonely and I miss my leg and, and I miss the freedom. And, uh, but that's okay because that's just the process. So one of the main messages that this gave me in the yoga, you're speaking of the yoga, is the, um, that we need to surrender and um, live with non-attachment, non-attachment to things, events, people, places. And I had to let go of a part of my body. Yeah. I had to let go of, yeah, my leg. So, you know, we're humans, we have two hands, two arms, two feet, two legs. So even at the mind level, you're, the processing of like, oh, I had a leg and now I don't have a leg. <laughs> How does that work? Um, so I had to let go of my physical body, the physical form. I had to let go of who I was. I had to let go of my identity. I had to let go of my job. I had to let go of my story mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> of who I was. Yeah. And I kind of had to re-elaborate all of my life to fit now a new dimension and that was and is I'm not saying it you know in the month you know July of 2017 that happened it's a continual process and what I'm realizing is just life is the biggest school uh, that you can have and if you invite pain and trauma with an openness and an awareness, you will uh, learn so much and you will heal yourself. And in that healing, you can heal others just by being. Yeah. So non-attachment. Because as well, you, um, when we've spoken in the past, that like you talked about, you know, coming from like an Italian family and with Italian friends and you did feel like there was a shame as well. And like sort of unspoken words about if you would walk into the room and, you know, you'd have shorts on and they could see the leg. And and I, I guess with Italians, it's very much about, or by from an observation, 
um, especially in Italian society, about how you look and present yourself, right? It's all about how you look. Yeah, it's trying to be really <laughs> how polite you look and where, to, what yeah. you eat and who you hang out with. Yeah. I mean, look at the cities. I live in one of the most beautiful cities in the world, I think, just because of it's a museum city. Everything is about uh, the aesthetics and what it, what is pleasing to the eye. And so people are... Uh, looking at you and how you're wearing your hair and how you're wearing your clothing and um, not really looking inside. So here I am in a culture where judgment is a top priority. And um, so this is another message I got from this whole experience, a master lesson, as I call them. And it's it's about tolerance, and if you're judging yourself, you're if you're judging others, you're judging yourself, and you're really being dishonest to yourself, and to others, and to the community. So, uh, the shame factor is something I'd never experienced in my life. I I'd never been ashamed of anything mm-hmm. um, until I found myself with a handicap or disability, or I don't even know because I don't really relate to any of these terms or this language so um but yeah my father at the beginning he would uh you know I I was wearing shorts one day and there were some people around and he's like are you wearing the you know don't you want to wear long pants and I looked at him like are you he was he just was sad for me that he didn't want people to judge me but he was also judging me you know, and he didn't want to feel pain. And I think just having resistance to seeing that kind of discomfort in people is uh, is a big learning lesson. Yes. And um, so yes. I get three types of looks. In, and I just started to go around uh, the world and not really care about showing my leg. And this has been a process. It didn't come overnight. It's been a two-year process where I just started to feel comfortable. And now when I was ashamed of this, now I am, like, so proud of having this leg because I survived an incredible... uh, And and let's face it, it hasn't really... um or doesn't in my in my eyes was how how I know you. It's not stopped you from going to Peru and, for example, and going on these epic journeys on your own and climbing mountains and going traveling to Mexico and teaching yoga and training and traveling around the world. And also where I because where I met you. So when we go to where we were, it was two years ago, wasn't it, where we met, which was a really incredible gathering that's uh, some people that we both knew were organizing bringing indigenous tribes from all around the world i think there were about 40 tribes weren't there from africa and south america and from mongolia it was just it was it was it was epic wasn't it you could just really feel the whole power in that space but yes you uh, when i met you so i was running breathing workshops there i was invited to run some breathing workshops there and we were in uh, how i could uh, describe it it was sort of set in a, a forest wasn't it in ibiza with some pretty big hills as well which you were climbing up and down in the heat it was very hot as well and um yeah you came to i was doing a trans running a transformational breath workshop there and you came and you laid down and uh you came with your friend and you 
yeah, you breathed with me. And that was, well, for me, it was incredible as well to see your strength and just to, to be there and, and to sit there and, and just hold that space for you. But can you describe that? Yeah, so I was really excited to go to this uh, gathering that Nessie Gomez had invited yes. both of us to, a beautiful friend and musician. And um, I saw your name on the schedule, and it said breath transformation or something. And I said, wow, pranayama, I want to go to that. But it was on this hill, and it was so hot, and I was so uncomfortable, and I could barely get up this walk around it because I was it was having a really hard time in that space um it was it was not easy and I said I'm going to that thing I'm going to I'm going because I want to see what this pranayama is I was I was so into you know learning more about the breath since it had really saved my life so I get there, I see you, I meet you, you had two beautiful angels with you, and we start this breathing session, you're like, okay, open mouth breathing, and then there's some music, and you'll be doing some toning, moving, and as soon as I lay down and we started breathing, like you said, we were in this forest outside, there was clouds in the sky, the wind, and mm -hmm. I think it was a minute into the session that all of a sudden I was back in the event that had uh, taken my leg immediately and I felt so much uh, fear yeah. I think that was the first emotion now that I, I think back at it fear of panic like that I was going to lose my life again I was reliving the entire thing mm -hmm. and I remember you coming over and facilitating me and, and what happened there was that you allowed me to express myself for the first time in it hadn't even been two years yet uh, express my pain my emotional pain <laughs> that I didn't know I had <laughs> I knew I had it but I was you know keeping it under lid otherwise I would have lost it uh, express my anger I, I had anger but I pretended I didn't have anger express the sadness you were telling me to express it all and and holding me in a way that I could feel safe and and then breathing and 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 moving this intense energy that I had of like having lost my limb and the impact of the physical amputation it was just it was a very physical session wasn't it Michelle it was it was it was everything wasn't it? it was very emotional but it was also very physical and you could I mean I could see when we talk about energy and when we talk about emotion and stuck emotion and emotion being energy in motion you could feel and see that emotion coming up to the surface to be I could best describe it as integrated and to be healed and when we you know, just for the listeners, because they're thinking, what on earth was going on? If they've never tried this sort of breath work or connected breathing, we're creating this breathing pattern or we're creating this pattern of connected breath where um, it starts to help to clear these restrictions in our breath and blockages and past drama and trauma that we're holding on to in the body so that we can 
you know, it's not like, well, I was going to say it's not about having to go back into the story, but actually you did have to go back into the story. But but actually, Phil, when you were in that story, safe enough to, like you say, at the time and all the and also not just maybe even at that time to be able to just go through those layers and layers of emotion and help help to release that. I mean, if, if you describe integrating trauma, how would you describe that? From my experience, this is just my personal uh, work with it, I, I feel that it, you can only integrate that level of trauma if you sit in that uncomfortable space yeah. and allow it to be without interfering, without having to have it be okay, without fixing it, without putting Band-Aids on it, until you go into the depths of that painful situation, painful event, painful person, painful memory, it's not going to integrate. Integrating meaning it's not going to transform yeah. and move. It's not releasing. It's, it transforms energy. It's moving. It's becoming a part of you so that you may fly, not fly with the tiny wings of a sparrow, but fly with the mighty wings of an eagle. And it gives you the power to do that. But unless you feel that, yeah, you because can't. we're always we're so, you know, we're trying to run away, aren't we, from from these oh. things? It's often it's easier, isn't it? To what was that quote that you wrote today about magic? What was that when you allow the magic to unfold? Yeah, if you allow the magic to unfold, then you get all the gifts. You know, yeah. you when get, you get out of the way, you get out of the way because. Of, of course, who wants to feel pain? Yeah. I'm not sitting be here in front of you saying, oh, I, you know, it was so easy for me to feel pain and, and that's now I'm great. No, it is devastating to feel pain. It is devastating to go there. I was devastated. I've, I still have days where I'm saddened and not so devastated because now I, I know. I know the truth. And once you taste the truth, you never go back. And the, the transformational breath work and all this kind of work with plants and, yeah. and, and um, healing. And that's what I said. When you are healed, you are not healing alone because your experience will touch others. And that will show them that it's okay to show your amputated leg. You're not perfect in form, meaning like, you know, uh, what the society may think of you as being yeah. perfect, but inside you are so perfect because you are just pure light and consciousness. Because when we move into this place of gratitude, because when you see, you know, when people are kind of, complaining about some stuff in their lives or the mundane in their lives or just maybe some stuff that's just is taking up too much time to do when it's taking you away from being in the moment of what we can be actually really grateful for if you can reframe that somehow even from these tragic you know these tragedies there is a gift isn't there I guess that you genuinely can can say that can't you yes there are gifts. All trauma and all pain have hidden messages. And if you are able to open 
and listen and be aware of what that message is. It may be difficult. For the first two years, I'm saying, I didn't want to hear the message. <laughs> I was the victim. I was, you know, in a, in a toxic relationship. I got my leg chopped off. <laughs> I was this and that. I was the one in a tragic situation. I'd lost my job or left my job. I, my whole life was in chaos. But um, the tools allowed me to just sit there with that and allow that message to come through. And the message is so clear when you allow it. And you must trust that every painful experience is going to give you something incredibly magnificent Yeah. if you're able to sit with that. Well, it's, it's hope, isn't it? So I guess that's what the message is, isn't it? That is that you have to share as well, that, that there is hope in everything, isn't there, in every circumstance. We, and we have a choice, right, as well. We have a choice on, like, kind of which path that we want to go down. Is it, like, the victim path or, or the just blocking it out path where we're just like, I'm a survivor, I'm just going to not, I'm, I'm, I'm fine, you know, I'm just going to keep going. Or actually, actually going and genuine, because we're in this society where we're just all such thinkers, aren't we? Just thinking all the time and not necessarily feeling everything that's going on. We're, um, yeah, we're yeah. human beings. We're not human doing machines. As, yeah, yeah. And, and we forget that we are supposed to feel. And I think that's why I'm so attracted to this transformational breath work and the breath work, because it's not about thinking. And it's not about talking about your story. It bypasses the mind completely. It's about it feeling. It goes into the subconscious. It goes into the subconscious. And it's about trust. Yes. It's, and patience, because if you already know the outcome, you're not going to have anxiety. If you already know the truth and that only love is real and that the universe is holding you to manifest your highest potential, then, then, then why would you not be so happy and so grateful? I am grateful that I can brush my teeth standing up. I am grateful to be able to walk down the street in London today and smile at people just the I'm grateful to stand and take a cup of tea and not have to lean on a crutch I'm grateful for everything that comes it's like a little death when something this traumatic happens to you something dies inside of you but that death will give you an incredible power to see beauty and joy and uh, love and everything that's around you. Mm. So when we're um, talking about forgiveness and like how you can forgive this, the, the greatest of traumas, like what's, what's your take on that? Forgiveness is the mission, I think, for all of us. Forgive forgiveness, forgive ourselves, that we have nothing to defend, that we are innocent. We have nothing to defend. Um, and uh, forgiveness of others. We cannot be in judgment of others and be in peace with ourselves. So it comes down to having trust, being honest, being tolerant, 
with ourselves and with others and um, forgiving everything that is is coming to you uh, because it it will have uh, a master lesson for you and, and actually authentically forgiving that as well isn't it because it has to come it has to be authentic doesn't it we can't sort of you know you have to really authentically feel that you do forgive say that person or even you know ourselves you can't forgive people at the level of mind you can't write I forgive blah 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 for doing this to me which in reality is uh, something you've attracted to your life. I forgive. It, 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 it has to be at the level of an emotion. It has to be embodied. Forgiveness is not just a word. It's a way of life. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness is about peace. It's about trust. It's about honesty. It's about integrity. It's about uh, tolerance, patience, open-mindedness. It's about allowing everything to be it's about surrender because you know the truth and when you live in forgiveness nothing can touch you you have nothing to defend and with that it comes practice doesn't it you know as in practice with i mean every day i connect back to the breath because every day we come up with these challenges and then we find ourselves kind of maybe getting a little bit annoyed with someone on the tube or someone might have said something or you have a confrontation or you have these little triggers that we have and these little messengers that, that come along. Um, and then we can notice that and observe that and observe that in ourselves. And yeah, really like coming back to to the breath for me, like practicing it every day and not just the breath, like all of these other little rituals that we have. I mean, I think it's like, it's really important that, that if people just find what's the right meditation or practice for them. Life is a practice. Yeah. <laughs> Life is a practice. And if you want to live with joy and with peace, and I tell people, I am happier now without a leg than I was before. I just... The things that I've received from this whole event of e even the, the difficult times when I was a victim and there was a villain and I, I'm just learning every day so much. And, you know, all events in life occur to give you a message so that your soul can evolve with integrity. So, yes, you need to practice. And I think that's why the breath is so perfect because we have it. <laughs> we can use it. It is immediate. It yeah. is immediate. It's there right under your nose. It's You start to, to lengthen and deepen your breath. Your physiology changes. Your uh, autonomic nervous system changes. The chemicals in your body changes. And you feel different. And so it is such a powerful tool that um, I think more and more people will start to approach but it's why it's really important isn't it to have these tools to be able to actually keep up with this this level of life that we that we are in right now this pace that we are in everyone needs to dedicate uh some time in their day for themselves yeah that's just 
because we're not evolved, are we, to keep up in that way? We just, we're not. No, we um, need to, uh, we have so many roles that we are playing. Some people are playing five roles, mother, daughter, sister, wife, uh, worker, whatever, entrepreneur, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, five roles and one lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, who am I today? Yeah, who am I today? So it's, it's. It's a practice, like uh, the breath will give you what you give it. It will give you peace. It will give you harmony. It will give you love. It will give you uh, infinite possibilities. Just if we finish on, on the breath and the power of breath, like what are your tips on that? My tips would be to... Um, Start to observe how you're breathing because uh, you live your life as you breathe, as we know, right? So um, notice if the breathing is is um, creating elevated activities in your mind and to really uh, find someone in your area who can support you in learning more about the breath and definitely dedicating some sort of time during your weeks to connect to your breath, connect to nature, connect to the harmony that it is in nature, is innate in ourselves as it is innate in nature. If you go outside and you look at the birds and the the trees and the wind and everything's pretty pretty much in harmony. Yeah. We have that as well inside. We are nature, aren't we? But, we, that, we, but somewhere along the line, we've we, seemed to have forgotten that. We forgot where we came from. We yeah. think we're separate from everyone and everything. It's this illusion of separateness. And once you connect and reconnect to a higher form of of love which is nature and plants and 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 the elements you you can reset and reharmonize yourself so that's pretty much my number one tip reconnect to nature (laughs) so number two (laughs) number two is is uh make sure that you are living the life that you want Mm. and uh and if there's anything that you're doing that you are having resistance with or not aligned with or you're in a relationship you just don't want to be in or you're in a job you don't want to be in, or take the risk and, and do something else because that's a huge message. Yeah, we have one life, don't we? We have one short life on this planet and... Well, you know, a year passes you by, two years, three years, four years, and sometimes you're still in that same place of, oh, I wish I'd done this, or I wish I'd learnt that. Um, And I guess it's the fear, isn't it? It's fear that holds us back from making those changes. And um, so we just stay put, because that's like the comfort zone. It's familiar, and that's why... uh People are in, you know, toxic relationships. People don't change their jobs. People, it's familiar. People don't cross the river. And uh, change is, is uncomfortable. Yeah. 
and I know that. And it can <laughs> like ruffle feathers and you know that you know you can have sometimes have to let go of people that have been in your life for a very long time and and sometimes like when you're doing that you like have no idea why you're doing it but your gut's telling you actually this is something that I need to do and then maybe that answer will come later on and and really it's I think as well it's like we've lost um we've lost the confidence in our own intuition and our own gut feeling and really trusting that because of all of these voices that we have in our heads you know there's 50,000 words or thoughts 50,000 thoughts we have a day and um and so it's be I guess because we're so head led that we forget the innate intelligence that our body has constantly sending us those messages that we're not always listening to and it's like your gut I mean when you think about gut intuition feeling and how you've really connected to that like what would you how would you say well I think it's it's a process and you arrive at these learnings these teachings these master lessons these conclusions through trauma or through pain some kind of painful situation the most powerful people have had uh you know have 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 navigated through pain and trauma and um i was gonna say something on um intuition yeah Uh, yeah so so we think we're smarter than than the creator Mm -hmm. and i think that falls into the intuition i mean that's why things are going the way they're going in society. Things are going, they're chaos, pure chaos, because we feel that we can control, control yeah. or create things. I mean, look at, I was in Peru in January and just looking at the millions of species of plants with their diverse colors, shapes, sizes, functions, Master plants that give healing. Yeah. All our pharmaceuticals it's, it's, come it's from plants. It's a whole pharmacy, isn't it? In the Amazon, pharmacy. there's a whole pharmacy how, there. How can we feel that we can create things better than Nature. whatever has been creating yeah, us? So absolutely. That's, that's been given us as this gift. It's just like it's all there, isn't it? So the intuition you're talking about mm. is that, is like trusting and being patient because you know the outcome. You know you know the truth, but yeah. we, we forget. We, no, because we just ask Google now. <laughs> <laughs> we forget what the truth is, yeah. that we're, we're, we're in harmony and we're in peace. And that was my third thing to say is that if you want to have peace, if you want to have love, if you want all this joy, you have to be it. That's it. You can't think it. You can't think your way through it. You can't think your way through depression. You can't th- think your way through trauma and pain. You have to embody the qualities that you are wanting, and that it comes from not being separate from the creator. The creator is, for me, nature. For someone, it may be the wind or the ocean. or Yeah, whatever your belief system is. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you have a belief system that there is something greater than you. So where to next with you? What's, where does the journey take you now? 
I trust that it will take me where I need to go. And if um, the listeners want to find you, like what's um, how's the best way to find you or do trainings with you as well? Could you just yeah, let us uh, know a little bit more have, about that? I do um, the 500-hour yoga trainings with Yoga Alliance. We have an international school. That it's called It's Yoga International. I'm also doing transformational breath sessions with as a um, co-facilitator with you and sometimes in London I assist you and in Italy in Tuscany I'm starting to do my own work I will have a website up this fall that we're working on so if you were just just to finish like if you were going to give just a tip about one breathing exercise um, for a little takeaway for the listener that they could just maybe practice now or for the day, if they're just, we, I think we're, we're, what we've come to is like our subjects that we've just come to is like around gratitude or that gut feeling or just reconnecting. So if I, if I just throw those words at you. So I think gratitude, well, just to be grateful that you have lungs that are working, that you can hold breath, hold space, hold healing in your body so there's this really simple exercise it's called 448 conscious breathing and it brings even five cycles two minutes of this will completely change your state of mind activity and your physiology and basically you inhale and count to four you hold your breath in a kumbhaka retention So you're holding the beauty and the gratitude, and then you exhale through your mouth for eight counts, double the time that you've held or inhaled. So you inhale for four and then hold for four, but with that intention around gratitude. Yeah, and holding that inside you. And then as you exhale, what's the kind of, what's the intention with that as well? The intention is you're you're releasing and giving and sharing that gratitude, Mm -hmm. like, clouds with everyone who's around you yeah that'd be a beautiful way to start for everyone everyone in the whole world to start that every single day that would be that is the dream isn't it that would change our world yeah yeah i truly believe that i do too if everybody in the world connected woke up in the morning and started with their breath and connected to the breath what a very different world we would live in and sat in a garden of flowers yeah absolutely well michelle thank you so much thank you so much for coming and joining me and um i'll say goodbye to you now but obviously i'm gonna see you tomorrow for a whole weekend of yumminess um but yes thank you so much for coming on to and breathe and we'll definitely get you back again so we can talk more thank you so much rebecca for having me So thank you so much, everybody. We're coming to the end of our episode now. Thanks so much, Michelle. As always, with every episode, I support the theme with a mini episode, with a breathing exercise that I've put together, which this one in particular, I will be sharing one of my favorite exercises, which is around gratitude. You can find this wherever you find your podcasts. I would love to hear your feedback. If you found it useful or if it helped you to feel more positive, your stories of how it's made a difference mean the world to me and it's why I love sharing breathwork. 
We all know someone going through challenging times and sometimes we don't know what to say. Maybe these breathing exercises can help navigate them through. I'm on Instagram at breathing.tree or to find out more about breathwork, check out my website, breathingtree.co.uk. This podcast was edited by Kazra Virosia and produced by One Fine Play. And remember to keep breathing and listening out for more inspiring episodes coming very soon.